Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. In this podcast, we open up dialogue on metaphysical subjects, self-healing tools, expanding consciousness, and deepening awareness. We're here to support you in co-creating a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. If you are brand new here, welcome and hello. We're so excited to have you here. If you want to know more about what's come before, season one was great for building foundations on spiritual practices. Season two, we focused on relationships, and now we're in season three. The season of the Empress, where we open deep dialogue with conscious entrepreneurs who are spearheading their sacred mission. We have an amazing lineup this season, so make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already. Now a bit about us. I'm your host, Britt, a self-study entrepreneur, personal transformation coach, and content creator. I'm prompting you to come to know the self more fully, because when we can acknowledge who we are as unique individuals, our potential to experience life gets a whole lot more interesting. And I'm your host, Hannah, a Life Beyond the Veil coach, priestess, and astrologist, and I guide you to unleash your source powers, leverage your inner blueprint, and sync with life's algorithm to manifest your wildest dreams. Because hey, we're multidimensional beings playing this game of life. Let's make it fun and magical. We are so grateful that you're here, and together, we're here to serve as your sacred, sacred sister. sister. Let's dive in. How many of you spend time thinking about how you think? Okay, awesome. So how many of you are aware that your mindset affects everything you do, everything that you are, whether you realize it or not? And how many of you believe that you have control over your mindset? So are you happy with the way things are going in your life? Do you realize that you create your own reality? So the interesting thing is, is that the way that our brains process information, focus is extremely key. We receive about 11 million bits of information per second. Think about it, all the things that are in the room are being processed in our mind. Yet we only consciously process 126 bits per second. So what does that mean? You are your focus. Focus is the most important thing that you can do in order to begin to train your mindset. Hello, sacred beings. Welcome in if you're brand new here, and welcome back if you are finding this podcast again. What you just listened to was taken from our featured guest, Courtney Seard's TED Talk earlier this year, and as you can tell, we're opening up on the depth of importance that mindset plays in your life. In season three, we've kept our interviews around an hour, and anything beyond that stems from potency and the quality of conversation. Today's episode is powerful. So who is Courtney Seard? Courtney Seard is a master coach and mindset trainer. She has this crystal clear ability to discuss her methodology for top performance, which she uses to coach and inspire top performing business leaders and entrepreneurs. Courtney is passionate about developing company culture, engaging teams, coaching leaders, and transforming people-related systems. Courtney has gained global experience and broad leadership expertise working with teams and leaders to take ownership, clarify, and enhance their team experience, and create a clear path forward while delivering measurable results. 
So today you're going to hear Courtney discuss the approach that she now brings to working with and helping to transform the mindsets of top performing business leaders, teams, and entrepreneurs, blending spirituality with science and business, the hidden meanings in words, taking responsibility and owning your story and emotions to blossom the leader within, the facade of a two-party system. We talk about control. We talk about normalizing channeling. We talk about cultural appropriation and the light and shadow aspects to be aware of. And so many more things. <laughs> One of the first things that you'll read on her website, which I really appreciate, is what do elite athletes, CEOs, celebrities, and ultra high achievers all have in common? They all have coaches and mentors. This is such a true sentiment, and once I really began realizing this, less in terms of business development and more in terms of my own personal development, it really began shifting my relationship with money, how I spent it, how I saved it, and how I began reframing my mindset around money so that I could afford to go to these retreats and events, immersions and workshops that I now accredit a lot of my own personal life-changing pivotal shifts to. We have a mindset around everything, even the things that we feel we don't have a belief about. That's a belief in and of itself. When we start taking responsibility, like literally our ability to respond to any given facet of our lives, we gain access to begin moving the energy within and around it for our own greatest good and the highest good of all. That's where miracles begin unfolding. This was my first time meeting Courtney, and I was so pleasantly surprised at the tone and the roots that this talk stemmed from. Courtney expresses near the beginning that she is a healer in a suit. (laughs) I love that. That she cleverly packaged that she cleverly packaged her grounded, witchy, magical self into a version that could work well in the business world. For anyone confused on how science and spirituality are two sides of the same coin, we especially hope that this incredible episode benefits you. You'll be able to find Courtney Seard's contact information in the description of this episode, and I'm going to link her incredible TED Talk as well. Do yourself a favor and check that out. (laughs) Courtney is trained in hypnotherapy as well, and after Hannah's astrology segment, she offers a beautiful guided meditation that I really invite you to sink into. It is the longest guided meditation that we've had a guest offer, and truly, it is such potent medicine that all of us can benefit from in this time. Here at Sacred Sister Podcast, we love and appreciate your feedback in the form of comments and ratings, which you can do on most podcast streaming apps. Hearing what really resonates with you about Sacred Sister Podcast and our approach to conversation and deepening dialogue is music to our ears, and we really appreciate that support if you do feel called to offer it. So without much more, let's head into Hannah's inner blueprint reading for master coach and mindset trainer, Courtney Seard. Enjoy! Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome to the astrology segment with me, your host, Hannah. And now we're going to look into the inner blueprint of Courtney Seard. And I always love doing these segments here on Sacred Sister Podcast because it allows us to 
look within, look within the archetypes of our guests and see how they've been working with those and how they use those to really spearhead their sacred mission in life. So let's dive into Courtney's inner blueprint. Her sun is in Pisces in the seventh house conjunct Mercury. And that is super beautiful because Mercury is the planet of communication and mindset. And, you know, being in the seventh house, Courtney is a cheerleader for others and is really helping them with that Pisces energy, helping them to feel more compassion and bringing people together, uniting them, feeling more peace and balance, really helping them heal on like a soul level. And with Mercury in there, she comes from that place of mindset, like really let's look into the subconscious or the unconscious as she calls it, of our mind. And then her moon is in Capricorn in the fifth house. So she is at home in the Capricornian world of business, structure, systems, organizations, all of those things are her world. That's where she feels comfortable in. The moon in Capricorn in the fifth house loves to play the game, but also loves to succeed. So I love how she has a TED talk that's called The Art of Playing the Game to Win. That's so her Capricorn moon that's talking right there. It's beautiful. And then her rising sign is in Virgo. And Virgo is the organizer and the sage. And so she has a well of wisdom within her. She's not afraid to learn new things. She's always picking up new things from her environment. And she has an amazing eye for detail so that she can know what needs fixing, what is wrong, what doesn't work well, what needs to be done in order for a system or structure to be perfected. And that is really helpful for her business and her clients to really access that higher self, that better way of living for themselves and the better way of operating their business. And then I want to mention something too that we can see here in the chart and we'll be talking about this a lot throughout the episode. Her north node is in Libra in the second house. So her soul's purpose is to create stable relationships where she feels safe in. And whatever is our soul's purpose in our lifetime is something that comes hard for us at first. And we experience first the, quite the opposite of that. And so the on the opposite side of her north node is Venus and Chiron in the eighth house. And that shows that there's a lot of transformation, a lot of rebirth. This is actually how she recharges herself. And it's the house of Scorpio and Scorpio is the phoenix. So she's recharging herself by going through the ashes and rebirthing herself. And that is in regards to Venus and Chiron. And Venus is her relationships 
and the way that she cooperates with others and the way she relates to others. And she will be talking more about that and how that phoenix has shown up for her in her relationships and how it was the wound for her to heal because that Chiron is the wounded healer. And as soon as she healed that wound within herself, that's when she literally unlocked these amazing new gifts and the wound is in Aries, and Aries is the warrior, and Aries' shadow are accidents and anger. And she'll be talking more about that, how she really used those shadows, integrated the shadows, transformed her mindset through that, and how that catapulted her towards her soul's purpose. So it's really beautiful how it's all aligned in her inner blueprint here. Courtney is a compassionate mindset coach who is supporting others to win this game of life by helping them see what they can shift in order to better their lives. So if you're now interested in getting your own inner blueprint read, you can go to my website hannahchristensen.com and use the code SACREDSYS for 20% off. So I'm really excited to connect with you. And then also I want to mention that the Moon Magic Manifestation Planner and the Moon Magic Integration Journal for 2021 are now up for pre-order also on my website. So check it out and make your 2021 fun and magical. And so that is it from me. I'm super excited to dive into the interview. Um, before I do that, I want to invite you you as a listener of Sacred Sister Podcast. I don't know. I don't think we've ever mentioned that. We actually have an Instagram and our Instagram is called at Sacred Sister Podcast. And we're inviting you to come and join us there because we'll have amazing, inspiring content so that you too can access that higher consciousness and deeper awareness in your everyday life and normalize the sacred and sacralize the mundane. So follow us on Instagram at Sacred Sister Podcast and I'll see you there. And now let's dive into the episode with Courtney and she'll be guiding us through an amazing meditation. And it's going to be a, a little bit of a longer meditation, but so deep and so beautiful. So I suggest that you make yourself comfortable, close your eyes and enjoy. Oh, sacred sister, a kindred flame, may we light one another, from the ashes rise, oh, we rise, oh. What I'd like for you to do is just close your eyes and breathe in. Allow yourself to settle deep within your body. That's right. And just take a beautiful breath into your nose. 
And just let all of that out through your mouth. That's right. It's been a crazy week, month, year. Everyone, let's just take all of that into your nose and let it out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth. And with each breath you take, you feel a sense of relaxation and peace. Beginning to cascade down your body now. Feel a warm, golden, tingling sound, a feeling, a sensation. See all of that begin to cascade down the top of your head. Feeling your crown beginning to open. Beginning to take in the nourishment of that healing, warm, glowing light. That's right. Feel that soothing energy coming down your crown. It feels so nice as your head relaxes. And you feel that tingling going down your forehead. As you breathe in and out, you don't have to think about it your body just becomes more at ease as that comfort, that golden energy down your third eye. Down, feeling your jaw relax now. You feel your neck relax. It feels so good to just let the weight of the world go down, down, down your chest. Feel that area between your throat and your clavicle. So much space, so relaxed now. That's right. Ah, that chest opens up. You feel your chest, your arms. Where there was once tension, it just so calm to just open up. Mm, feel that warm, that calm sensation penetrating down, down to your diaphragm. It feels so safe, so calm 
so fun to be this relaxed now. Feel that relaxation down through your lungs, your diaphragm. With each breath you take, your organs become more relaxed, more at ease. You feel the knees beginning to penetrate, pumping through your veins. As the relaxation comes down your head, your lungs pumping through your brain, feeling it into your hips. Oh, it feels so good to relax your stomach. Mm, breathing in and out and relaxing your body becomes more calm. Feels so good and safe to be in you. Safe, warm, relaxed, peaceful. Feel that relaxation coming down your hips. Down and around. Down your back. Feel it wrapping around and penetrating deep into your buttocks. Everything, your seat around you relaxes. You melt into your chair or your bed. Wherever you are, you're so relaxed at peace. You feel that relaxation going down through your hips, down around your knees, into your feet. Your entire body is cascaded with this warm, peaceful, buzzing, tingling, safe sound sensation. And with the next breath you take in, as you release, you feel this line of relaxation connecting the top of your head down to your feet. And you feel your feet beginning to just go down. Feel them relax and let all the tension that was in and around your head, begin to drop. Feel the tension, the strain. Anything that's not serving you begin to drop down, down, down through your feet. Feel that grounding flow and it just sucking through and out of you. You don't have to think about it. The earth is just <laughs> And as you feel all of that sloughing down, the top of your head begins to feel lighter. As you begin to drift higher and higher. And it's so funny that you begin to drift higher and higher and you see an old shadow of yourself on the ground. Sucked into the ground, wished away, you are now lifting high. 
Feel all of that energy floating higher. You feel yourself grounded, but reborn. Feel that energy, that peace as you're drifting, drifting, drifting higher and higher, floating out. One week, one month. See yourself a year from now. See yourself happy, excited, playful, safe, warm. And now realize how lovely it is beautiful colors, the sounds and the sensations. We were totally whole, totally healthy, totally happy. So prosperous, so clear and bright. And just like that, poof. You feel a leaf fall in front of your face. The beautiful autumn leaves cascading down. The blue sky ahead of you as you lie in a big pile of autumn leaves. It feels so good to be amongst the leaves. You see the yellow, the green, the browns, the beautiful fall trees surrounding you, nourishing your body, holding you, nurturing you. You are totally whole, totally healthy, totally happy. And as you feel yourself so peaceful, like a nice warm shower or a warm bath. Feel yourself just being swaddled, lathered with oils. Feel and smell the cinnamon, the nutmeg, the spices. You are so calm and so nurtured. And as you are being wrapped up, a gift is being placed inside of you. And this gift is of confidence, bravery, love, joy, self-worth a wealth of knowledge. And on the count of three, you'll open your eyes, feeling renewed and refreshed. These feelings going with you from this day forward and can only change when you decide to make them better. And you won't know why, but each time you breathe in, you'll feel so relaxed and my voice will go with you. 
because you are powerful beyond belief. And you get to notice now. One, breathing in. Two, releasing. And three, come back to the conscious world now. Trick or treat! <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow, thank you. Thank you. That was so powerful and beautiful. One of our longest meditations here on this podcast. But just the longest. The longest, With yes. Joy. With and joy. it was just so perfect. Also for this episode, everything we're going to be talking about, mindset, manifestation, and the art of playing the game. And you, Courtney, just guide us through this. Oh, such powerful meditation. And I can't tell you how on point it is. Like, synchronistically aligned perfectly it's just insane it's every single time whenever we have a guest on there is like it's like a reason why that guest is on at Mm -hmm. that point in both of our lives too it's just like so beautiful how everything is so divinely guided and when we become aware of that then it's just like wow life is magic and we are magic (laughs) hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you so much. And welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. I would love to touch on a few different things about what you just blessed Hannah and I and our audience with. That was such a beautiful representation of <laughs> the work that you're doing here in the world. I feel like you just gave this like brief workshop for people to really deeply dive into as far as the work that you're releasing here to the world, really like giving them a taste of their own power, a taste of their own magic and guiding them on this whole journey. I just, there was a part of my mind that was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It's such a, such a journey and thinking like, oh how much time are we going to have for the interview? And then also this other that was coming in on those exhales that was like, oh my God. And then you said, and now you feel, it feels so good to feel so relaxed. And I was like, it does. And we need this right now. We need this. We need that meditation. We need that depth of diving into deep states of relaxation. And by the way, I'm sure a lot of different points of that activated a lot of different things for a lot of different people. For me, whenever you were talking about out of your feet, everything that doesn't serve you going down into the earth and the earth these vortexes opened under my feet and it's like, wow, I could just hear that. And like this new age spirituality sort of like airy fairy approach that, that can be really on the surface level. That's like, release it to the earth. But truly it's like, if you know the things that are not serving you and that are holding you back and that are contributing to your mindset, you really are able to send them somewhere. And the earth is the perfect density to soak in whatever it is that you want to let go of. Yeah. 
I'm just so grateful that you shared everything that you did. I can't, it, it, this is truly a, a really beautiful moment, I think, in both Hannah and our, our human lives here on this experience to be sitting down here with you. You're like a really beautiful communicator of source consciousness, I feel like. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I do. That's my purpose. And because my background is business, I just decided to package it up and bring it into the corporate world. I think I severed a part of myself, always had this entirely intuitive, spiritual, witchy woman who I am, but it wasn't like, it wasn't in work. And as I got older and the more confident I became, I realized that that is what makes women so empowering as, in my opinion, the best managers, the best leaders, the best is because we have both worlds where we can take that practical analytical and then marry in that feminine and pick things up and when you can combine it you are scratching on the surface of what it truly means to be a leader so thank you one for seeing that and two I always disguise myself as saying like I know I'm a healer but I'm a healer in a suit and I can't sell that (laughs) to some guy on wall street right like the airy fairy stuff but they get it and they get into it and they love it Mm-hmm. Everything that I've done with you at some point, I do with all of my clients. It just, mm-hmm. it looks, it has to get packaged in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thank you for seeing that. Mm-hmm. It's so valuable. And I love in your TED talk, how you were talking about when you were realizing how everything that you had been through in your life up until that point was contributing to this story that you had rolling and then you gained awareness over it. And then from there you were able to, to transmute it, you gave a lot of, um, I would say like scientific insights as far as like how, how many bits of information we're perceiving every single second and how much consciously we're only able to process 126 bits of information. And I wonder if you can kind of talk more about that process of your hero's journey, how you, you know, that upbringing and, just give us a little bit more insight on, on this whole realm that you teach. Yeah. Well, you only know what you know, right? So you're correct. I was anesthetized in that. And I started to create that and replicate that. And I think the biggest piece did come from the accidents. Um, I had a string of accidents throughout my life. And I remember when I was a kid, they would say, Oh, Courtney's accident prone. Mm. And I started to actualize that and consistently would have accidents to the point where I also would really relate to being a phoenix. And if you think about a phoenix, it consistently has to crash and hit the ashes to rise. Mm -hmm. So what I realized in my lexicon and in my life is that I had these major points in time where I'd have these huge like near-death experiences and then I could like have this big rebirth moment. However, that last accident, I kind of was like, yeah, no, my language is off. And sometimes, again, you can't read the label when you're in the bottle. So it was in the bottle of bad, of bad language. And when it, I had that realization, I'd done so much growth and healing where I didn't beat myself up or you're so wrong, you're so bad. I'd actually gotten to a place where I could laugh at it and be like, oh, my goodness, ahaha. And change that narrative. So what for me is interesting is, is that I am in a place right now where I am completely changing my quote unquote tacoon or my story or what I came here to correct, mm-hmm. meaning I crash and burn in relationships and my relationships 
no matter what they were, would always get to some point and there'd be some crash and they would end. But I'd always have that happen. And what I realized is, is that nothing is fatal. And I had to stop having these ending crashes and have to figure out a way to rebuild in that piece and grow. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I love that you just mentioned a phoenix too, because in your meditation, when you were saying to rise and now you're rising up and you're lifting, I actually saw... I felt like I was spinning around like a phoenix coming out of the ashes, being reborn. Um, and that's, it's just so powerful. And I love that you just mentioned that, that we can, when sometimes people tell us something, oh, you're accident prone, and it becomes our story. And then uh, we believe that for ourselves. And life always says yes to everything we believe. It's just mm, like, mm. Oh, I believe that, yes, you're right. And so it shows us all these different proofs of how we are right and what we believe. And so I love how you said how you just, at the last accident, you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I've integrated all these lessons from it and I don't have to continue that story anymore. And I should. Exactly. That. I don't have to blow it up anymore to learn. Yeah, I can actually handle it with care. Yes. And it's been so interesting when I made those decisions mm -hmm. that just like anything in the world, the universe then is going to give you something that's going to put you right in it mm -hmm. to try it out. Mm -hmm. Is she ready? Is, has she learned her lines? And sometimes people don't, they regress. But in these moments, I was like, oh my goodness, I see. So it happened in a scenario where normally I would have quote unquote taken it and I would have held it for the betterment of like my business. And I spoke up and I was like, yeah, yeah, no. And you're not going to do this. And this isn't it. And the feelings of confidence and the feelings of grace, rather than feeling victimized where I took it. No, 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 no. I didn't take anything. And explaining to this person, you know, the old way that we used to do it of using this corporate language and this corporate lingo is actually a lie. Mm -hmm. And I'm helping you perpetrate a lie. So no, that's wrong. And This is the future. You're not used to it, but it's time that we all grow up. Yes. And that's the message that I left with them. And it's a huge corporation. It was like, listen, I get it. I didn't have a corporate geist. And that corporate geist is fake and phony. Mm -hmm. And that corporate geist is why we are where we are now. Mm -hmm. And I am raw and I'm real. And you're not going to classify how my rawness and my realness made you feel. You got to own that. It's yes. on you. It you is, gotta own it. And just like that, that is changes everything because it puts you into leadership. It takes you into the center of your being. And it's literally whatever other people's reactions are is whatever they're going through. Exactly. And, and, and it's okay. And, and like they're allowed to believe and think of us whatever they want, right? That's free will. And it has literally um, nothing to do with who we are and our worth and our own being. And that's something that I definitely in my lifetime realized a lot. That's like one of my main soul's purpose uh, understandings pretty much is going from living, understanding whatever people are going through and, and taking their feedback 
which is great. And it's, it's, it's good to take feedback from people. But what I did was I take too much from that and I put them higher than my own integrity. And then I find myself in places where I'm like, wait, that's not my truth. That's not who I really am. And so like getting into that leadership mindset where you're like, no, this is my choice. Whatever your choice is, that's on you. You got to take responsibility for whatever the consequences are. I'm not going to take over. What I'm not going to pretend like it's my choice as well. And I'm going to help you and support you in your insecurities. Like, no, that's your insecurity. You're going through, Absolutely. you're being triggered. You own that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I, why should I, a lot of times we walk around trying to manage people's reactions. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like controlling, crazy. it's controlling like, are you behavior. Serious? Like, I don't want you to feel this way, but I don't, honestly, you feel how you want to feel. Yeah. However, what you feel, you need to manage that. Your feelings don't allow you to treat someone poorly. It doesn't allow you to have bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, like, oh, I am, I'm a loving, kind, loving person. I don't put up with bullshit because that's not loving. Yeah. I'm not going to allow you to stomp on me and to scream. And I had someone was screaming, cursing, yelling, and they were processing. And I was like, are you done? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not getting triggered by it. Listen, all of that stuff is a deflection and I've done my healing and that used to get me riled up. And now I can see it for where you're at. That was energy that you needed to dispel. But now that that's over, we have to have a what's next. Mm-hmm. I was talking today with a client and they were talking, oh, well, Corona, I'm so tired. And I was like, about what? I was like, listen, look at this whole situation of your life like a ball of dough. And a big ball of dough is big. And if you take a rolling pin and you roll it out and you got maybe about 80 years of life, this is basically two cookies, two cookie cutters of a year of a section that you're defining and you're making so big and bad. I go, but you know what I realized when there's challenges in life, there are about three or four things that happen. People either take that time to heal, to go within, to build something different, to pivot and change. You either are stuck and you're fighting for the old and, or you regress. Yeah. And I said, bottom line, I don't care what anyone says. We're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. What, how are you going to end out of this? Are you going to end up hoping, wishing, wanting for something that was not functional? And that was great. The past wasn't that great. I don't care what you say. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be stunted? Or are you going to realize that this was the time for you to pivot and that all of these old systems don't work anymore and you need to build something new and you need to rely on your friends and your community and what's around you because you are your own leader and you are your own source. Mm -hmm. And anytime you are putting something out of someone else, it's just a way for you that you don't have to live your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so important what you're just saying, because that's exactly the main fights that have been going on that like literally destroys friendships of people because uh, one side is blue, the other one is red and people don't fall for that two party system still and fall for the division that is being created. And then we get to this point where it's like, okay, how you're putting your power into another person's leadership and the people that are in leadership uh, 
are not consciously evolved. Let's be no, honest. They're little children consciously. <laughs> and they propagate this sort of narrative that so much should be reliant on these two ideas, these two ways of thinking. And they know full well, even if I don't, I don't know what's going on at the top of the top. I don't know if people are sitting around a table and being like, this is how we're going to do it, guys. This is how we're going get, to get them against each other. But so many in the collective are seeing through that veil so clearly. And now, especially coming into this election season where energies are just so heightened, it gives us so much that that veil is so thin and so many of us are seeing through it and we're like, this is not, this is not the time to talk about who neither of these guys are going to give us the real fucking change that needs to happen in this world. Why are we still talking about this? So like, like it's such a big, huge, yeah, the jig is up and I love Yeah, it's this can be a really vulnerable topic to talk on because when you put even a little bit of stuff that triggers people out into, you could get canceled. You could get like, you know, shamed by an onslaught of community that's like deep in a wound and then it shuts you up. Yeah, but it shuts me up. You're not going to shame me. I have nothing to be shamed of. Yeah. Like shame is a tool that is used when you try to silence people of the truth. Yeah. I grew up in a lot of shame because I had sexual violence. And then also there's something that is like very prevalent in the black community is like, you don't talk about anything. This is in the house. It doesn't go on the streets. Mm-hmm. But what I realized is that's actually a lot of families. A lot of families have deep, dark secrets that you keep everything inside and you pretend that it's great. It's great here, but actually it's a whole web of lies. Like Basically, what we are realizing is everyone's been playing some play. Oh, it's all fine. It's not. Mm -hmm. So when you are operating on that, like, let's just talk about it is what it is. Yes. No one is going to save you but yourself. (laughs) Right? Like, and it's no one's responsibility to save you but you. Yes. And the moment that you own that and you say that, listen, you came here. Like, I get it. When you're in the weeds, when you're down in it, you are thinking about the details because what they always say, the devil is in the details. When you fly up and you look higher, I know that we all came here for our soul's purpose and you chose to be here. So why are you complaining about it? Like choose differently. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard thing that people don't want to hear. And yes, there are a lot of outside circumstances in the quote unquote game that we chose to play. But I believe that from a spiritual aspect, you came into your vessel knowing that whatever that was, you needed to do it to supersede. So for me, like I, I'm at a place now where I am done with, I understand the mind and I understand the science and the fact that nothing is really real and that your mind doesn't know the difference between what's real, remembered, and imagined if you talk about the past, it's the song that doesn't end. It goes on and on. My friend coulda, shoulda, woulda is a game I can play all day long. What am I going to do next? Who am I today? And what am I going to create? And if you start to look at yourself at every day as a new day, and that when you're talking, you're basically writing the script for your life that you're going to live in six months. I try to explain to my clients very clearly that 
Be very careful now in the moment that anything that you were thinking and that you're holding, you're not producing, you're not directing now. You're producing and directing a show you're going to see in six weeks. So if something happens to you in that moment, it's actually a future cast. Mm-hmm. So change. change. Just try, try one moment to change it. And I guarantee you'll future cast something different. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, a, it's about realizing that you've got to slow it down, the alchemy of it all. And that if you pump your brakes, that's why they want everything to go so fast. Yep. Haste makes waste. It's a waste of energy, but energy is important because we need energy to feed these things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that we're talking about this, this important time with coronavirus this year that literally helped us all slow down like, or not all, I should say, but yeah, a lot of people started to feel into the slowing down. They had to slow down because there was literally no work for them to do. So they had to find another way of like, what, what am I doing in my life? Who am I? Mm-hmm. And it's just so potent because I love that you just said we all incarnated into this body and we knew that we needed whatever was happening to us for us to be where we're at now. And it's important for our purpose and why we've come here. And if you look into astrology, in 2022, we have a Pluto uh, return of the United States. Pluto is literally the phoenix rising. That's what we've been talking about, right? So we're in the ashes right now. This is why this all feels like destruction. Everything is going down. It's purposefully so because we're meant to be reborn as a new united states right now we're not united come on <laughs> it's divided no, states only right thing now. people are united in is arguing <laughs> they are united the fa- in for abuse bruising <laughs> yeah that's the facade that's the whole facade that i feel like things were made up upon because it, what's that concept? It's like hiding in plain sight. They'll put the lies right in front of you and package it in something because it's a condition to, to of brainwashing. But actually, of, that's the laws of magic. The laws of magic is that it has to be hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Like, so they had to. I mean, remember, I have to get your agreement. This world, there are no victims, only volunteers. When you, that's why I say, guard your unconscious mind. Yes. These individuals and... They're not sitting around in a room, but they all know the magic. It's all like understanding the law of the universe. And if you understand the law of the universe and how the unconscious mind works is, I have to get your agreement. So if I'm agreeing to watch your show and your program, whatever you're putting in is going into my unconscious mind. And they know that it's going to lack and elicit and you're going to respond because 90% of what you do is unconscious. So what are you watching and what are you listening to? Yeah, it's literally a programming. I mean, a pro- they, even, they tell you. Yeah, they, don't, they tell they call you. It, they call it pro- television programming. And it's a channel that you're watching and you're channeling the programming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They tell you. So I don't get mad. Like the con artist tells you he's going to con you. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows, but that's the thing. Some people like a con. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, also, I, li- I liken life to this. You, we sometimes have to get out of our own way and we sometimes have to stop being so self-righteous. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I am a healer to people who are ready to be healed and not to everyone. And for me to sit here and say, you need healing, who the hell am I? That might not be on your journey. You might need to suffer more in order to finish your own process. So yes. me saying, I got to save you. No, that's some control freakiness. That's You need to save yourself. What is it in you that you still have to feel like you need to meddle in other people's lives. And as I've been working on that, because I was like, ooh, Captain, I got all the advice for you. Let me tell you. And now I don't have anything to say to anyone mm-hmm. unless you were asking me or paying me. Because the reality is, is you're on your own journey and I don't know where you're at. Mm-hmm. And just because I might be jogging next to you on that track and we're all in these different lanes, I might be 15 laps in and you might be 20 laps in. So for me to assume that we're at the same level is asinine. And I think that what is happening is even you have the best of intentions, but I've watched healers as well come in so self-righteous. Like what I have is not for you. Mm -hmm. And what I have is for you. And I am not for everyone. And my way isn't for all the people. And that's okay. And if we start to allow the, I say it, the richness and the rawness and the complexity of being, And the fact that you are going to mess up, you are going to hurt someone's feelings. Two weeks ago on a call, I was with someone who transitioned and I called she a he. And instead of me pretending like it didn't happen, I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I am learning. This is a lot for me. I apologize. However, it would never be my intention to make you feel wrong. Mm -hmm. And it shifted the entire conversation because people were like, wow, thank you so much. Rather than me buying that shame like dude it's a lot right now Mm -hmm. there's so much that's changing that the brain in and of itself can't handle so much we're being overwhelmed on purpose Mm -hmm. and you studied hypnosis yeah so you know you have to overwhelm purpose yeah yes exactly it's part of hypnosis you want to overwhelm the conscious mind so that you can go into the subconscious so that you overcome the critical factor Yeah, so that you can embed more of this stuff. So all of this is done by design. Like I tell them, why are you watching 24-hour news? Nothing's changing when you're watching the same stuff. You are actually buying into this. Mm -hmm. You're allowing yourself to do it. Like once all of this stuff really started to go down, I got off of social and I do use it, but I don't sit there and scroll. Why? Why do I know when something, one, I first and foremost, I know that all these social applications were part and parcel invested by private organizations, governments, and security to get my data, mm-hmm. right? And to predict behavior, to make me feel something. And, and, and I know there's a greater scheme if you read a lot of these guys who invented it, what their thought process is. They think they should be the leaders. Mm-hmm. They don't think that there should be free thinking for everyone. Oh, they think no that way. they should have their free thinking. Mm-hmm. So why would I literally allow myself to play that game? Mm-hmm. I know it's a tool and I want to use that tool to benefit me, but I'm also not going to be a slave to that tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? Thank you so much for that stream of consciousness. And I wanted to say, since we were talking about the channel and the televisions earlier, this is one of the beautiful benefits of the new Aquarian age where so many of us are communicating on our own little channels on social media 
is that we are able to step into that space too. That's like, yeah, I'm a channel. And also mm-hmm. let's talk about how similar TV programs channels are and what that concept is about, because it's not nearly as woo when you apply it to a person and you're like, yeah, I'm a channel too. Yeah. You want to get information? I have a ton of information that I'm ready to share with anyone who's interested. I'm not going to seek you out, but I'm down to, I'm down to talk to whoever wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there. It's a broadcast. It's broadcasting, right? It's like, just like sending it out. And I feel like this is also, this is what I'm getting a lot when I'm channeling like Mary Magdalene, for example. There are a lot of people channeling Mary Magdalene, right? Especially nowadays. Um, A lot of people starting channeling different Ascendant Masters. And I was asking her about it and she said, well, it's literally a broadcast and you can tune into that channel. And mm-hmm. it's not necessary that the, the person has to be like individually there for only you to have this conversation. It's literally a channel that we can tune into and we can hear those messages and receive them. Exactly. 126 bits. So what are you focusing on? Yes, exactly. And you get what you focus. You project what you focus and you can hear what you hear. Mm-hmm. What do you want to hear? What do you want to be tuned in? And I know that like vibrationally and acoustically, I want to live at a higher vibration. So I am only putting myself and surrounding myself around things that allow me to resonate at a higher vibration. Another thing is it's important. Oh, absolutely. People don't realize like this stuff is all done by design. When you look at the, I always say, follow the money and people go, Oh, the liberal media or this media, that media. I'm like, you guys don't realize that there are literally four families that own all of the companies, mm-hmm. Yeah, four families that own all of the major companies, four of them. Mm-hmm. And although they may have one that looks like it's left and looks like it's right, they're playing you people. It's a, it's a, it's a gig because while you're sitting here fighting over this, well, I'm robbing the coffers and mm-hmm. taking everything from you and destroying your planet and your resources, whomever it may be, you're sitting here fighting rather than realizing that you were losing your rights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so it's, it's this massive thing of no, in my opinion, anyone that says that they know the way or they are the one that should be in power, that is a big red flag. Mm-hmm. I don't follow one philosophy. I don't follow one thing. I used to. Mm-hmm. And you know what it ended up happening? It was like anything in life. I start to have questions. And when I started to question, I was the wrong person. Oh, yeah. And I was the bad one. And I got cast out rather than maybe there's more. Mm-hmm. So what I realized is I take the best from all different things and I meld it in what works for me. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone's like, this is the only way, I'm always like, ah, signs say you have some control issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it's so important that we find things that resonate with our truth. And um, I just recently had this really interesting uh, conversation and feeling about um, cultural appropriation in regards to certain rituals and in regards to certain cultures and traditions. And I found it so fascinating that I understand where people are coming from and honoring traditions is important and letting people know where it originates and, you know, but also at the same time, uh, there's truth in everything, right? And the truth of consciousness 
is there and there's this and and we can access that truth of consciousness through all kinds of different systems and traditions and all of them are attached to the same truth mm -hmm. it's attached to the same source and uh, there's this cute story about these five blind men that look at an elephant and they try to describe the elephant and one describes the tail and says, oh, it's long and bushy. And the other one describes the, the feet and says, oh no, it's like sturdy and uh, strong. And then they fighting all with each other because they're all on different parts of the elephant trying to describe what it is. But ultimately we're all talking about the same thing. So like feeling into the truth of that all and allowing ourselves to resonate with different cultures and not feeling like, oh, because I'm white, I have to only resonate with white culture or because I'm black, I can only resonate with black culture or whatever it is, whatever superficial uh, avatar stuff we're feeling, you know, into or because I'm a woman, I'm also allowed, I'm only allowed to resonate with this stuff. No, we have to get a, above that. Exactly. And, and realize, wow, it's age of Aquarius. Like, yes, traditions are great, but, and we can honor traditions at the same time, but still realize, okay, I can resonate with a tradition that is not in my physical lineage, period. And that's okay. The thing is that we're all one. Yes. At the end of the day, we're all one. And when the last time I looked, whether it's like a Norse god or an Af they all literally are kind of all the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just have different names. There are they archetypes. All they all pretty much deal around the sun and, and, the, and, 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 the, and it's just like chill. And the, the problem is, is that it comes with a level of consciousness. The tribalism is the basest level of consciousness there is. It's, there's that fight. Like it, we learn this when you're learning about NLP and you're understanding the evolution of consciousness. Mm -hmm. The values level one, that basic is that fight, flight, just do they want to eat, be safe. Then values level two is your clan your tribe, what you're like. And then three is like the cane and eight. I want to be my own independent person. And four is more organizational and five is entrepreneurial. Then six is more community. And seven is we've got to elevate. Mm -hmm. And the fact that literally we're thousands of years in it and we are still having clan tribes and wars and talking about land and this person's chosen and that person's chosen. This one is the best. It's the most mentally ill, psychotic, stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and it's boring. And I'm like, can you show me something more? And if you as leaders and adults and, and people are supposed to be the greatest minds are still operating under this, then you know what? Fun. Can we create something different? Yes. I don't even want that play box. I, I, I got to a place where I had the conversation. I don't want to come in and fix your business anymore because this is crazy. Like if you're going on and you're operating that long and that well, you're good on your own. Why don't we create something new? It's time for something new. Or you might crash and burn and it's time for that too. Just accept it. We need new things and maybe it's a phase out for you. <laughs> exactly. Like crash and burn is good. Yes. I wanted to, I wanted to touch on this because recently about a year ago, I think this month, maybe too, I got my ancestry.com back. I had only ever heard these myths and legends in my family. And it seemed like the, the roots and the ancestry wasn't very clear by a lot of people, but what was found was that 36 or 37% of the blood that I gave was found to be from indigenous Americas. And I love that you brought up this about cultural appropriation, Hannah. And I think 
on the on the one hand, yes, the truth that all of us are one is amazing. I think the really important string for a lot of people that feel that they are being appropriated is the lack of acknowledgement, the lack of understanding with the tradition, the Absolutely, lack of yeah. the lack of the depth of culture that it is actually being taken from because when they don't have the history and they don't actually acknowledge it. In, when they're using a practice in a moon ceremony that they're facilitating for a ton of people, when they give inaccurate information about something, like no one's saying you have to be an expert on history or culture to like, or have a degree in order to use a system or a practice or something that's come from people before you and maybe your own lineage, but have deepening the conversation, right? It's like, hey, maybe I don't know the history about this. Does anyone else in this circle could be an amazing learning opportunity for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, I love that. But on this, on another, the kind of stuff that I personally witness about, I guess what I would consider cultural appropriation, it's like, we all need to talk about this and we all need to step up. We need to be asking more questions, be gaining more histories, be acknowledging the people and the land that these sacred practices are coming from and really like hold ourselves up to that standard and also point a finger at someone and be like, hey, can we talk about this? Because I feel like I'm getting triggered right now. And I just, there's something inside me that really wants to, to give voice, to give life to this conversation because I think we can all benefit from it. Oh yeah. So this is my belief. Like with the whole appropriation thing is like, I believe and you see it happen. When you are dabbling in magic, you don't understand, you get black. You get a backlash. Oh yeah. You get soul. You get you get base. So I have, for instance, this is something that I talk about a lot. I witness and I work a lot with um, tech people and finance people. And like three or four years ago, and especially when the whole Burning Man and everyone was doing ayahuasca and all of this, and I saw a lot of the individuals who I knew who had their feet on the ground, they'd go off and do these ceremonies and they'd lose parts of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they had massive soul loss. And they'd be like, I don't know, I can't connect with my business or I'm not happy. And they were constantly always going off and journeying and doing all of these psychedelics. And I was like, listen, I, what I think is you've been playing with energies and you are realizing that there are spirits like portals that you've opened and you've taken these entities on that you can't handle. So that is basically what you see happen is that like disease and that is when you are working with something so powerful and you're not, you're, you don't know what you were playing with, you were going to get that backlash and you see it manifest in these individuals' lives. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we've seen people who have gone off the deep end. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also I think that's actually the reason why a lot of people that have dabbled into new age practices uh, went back to Christianity because they have used the magic without knowing what they really were doing. And they have attracted a lot of entities that were negative. And then they projected onto the whole practice and pretend like everybody who's doing these things doesn't know what they're doing kind of thing. (laughs) And it was actually their stuff. And in my opinion, it's like the, when it comes to the appropriation piece, it's having a reverence and an understanding. And if you have a reverence for something and you have an understanding and you study it and you get it, again, it's that haste makes waste. Mm -hmm. I think the issue is, is when, or for me, at least, as I see, is when something was not value before Mm -hmm. and you see something of value in it now and you extract it and you're only waving it around and you're acting as if you found it or you created it. (laughs) That is the issue. 
that is the issue and the problem exactly. that I've, and that is what comes up in the hurt feelings. Because for instance, I know for myself, I am 43, but as I grew up as a kid, like my butt and the, I was made fun of for my butt. I was made fun of for my figure and how I looked. However, recently in the last 10 years with fillers, it's something that now is being celebrated. Mm -hmm. So if you can see how if you, your full lips and all the things that are now considered sexy on someone that doesn't look like you, but they're your features. But when they were Mm -hmm. on you, they were disgusting and they were bad and they were looked down upon and you were poked at and you were told to be something else. But now you're getting credit and it's your thing and you're naming it. That absolutely, that's where all of that anger and hurt and rage is, is because you said that my look and who I was is nothing. Mm -hmm. And now you find it trendy and now you want to take it and say it's your own and you discovered it. That's where that's coming from. Yes. However, this is what I believe firmly. The ancestors, again, you see these people, they're not happy. They are hurting and there is a soul loss. And I consider it a possession. And I'm seeing these people and these entities and these institutions that are actually crumbling. It's because they are crumbling due to possession. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's so true. And it's like there are certain close practices where I I remember someone uh, was commenting on one of the threats about cultural appropriation. And she says, you don't want to fuck with my ancestors. Honestly, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you don't want to fuck with them. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. And it's like, you know, you go, for instance, I know some people, I've, you've, you hear of it. You've heard it a couple of times. People who will go to New Orleans and they'll do some hoodoo. And something happens to them. And it's like, you don't play with that stuff. You need to respect what you are getting into. Yes. And if you have permission and if you have respect, you will be fine. However, that is basically just the simple law of the universe. You must ask. Mm -hmm. And if you don't ask and if you're aware and if you're present, you'll know when you get permission. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily get, I mean, I see where people are coming from. However, I've kind of have gotten to a place now where it sounds cheesy, but I'm like, it's above me now. Like, listen, I was young and I used to dabble in that stuff. It's above me. I don't have to be mad at you. You're fighting with a force greater than me mm-hmm. and you will pay. And I think it's like so important that we have this conversation because magic is is becoming so trendy, right? Manifestation, everybody On talks purpose. about it. And um, we're doing all these practices and like spirituality, it's all, it's all becoming like really popular. And um, there, but I feel like there's still some people just do it because it's popular just on the surface level mm-hmm. and don't realize, okay, what is actually the depth of it and how deep does it really go? Because if you look into the elite of this world, the four families that you were talking about, you know, they know about magic. They have their sacred rituals and we all know it too. Like it's, it's like out there, there's, there's secret societies that have their rituals. They do their magic. Everybody knows about that. Numerology, everybody knows the symbolism. Astrology. Everybody knows astrology. Even, even the Pledge of Allegiance, even the Pledge of Allegiance it's is a, a spell. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a piece of magic. Yes. And, and that's the thing. Our founding fathers were very well um, adapt in science, masonry, from old masons to you have the Templars. This is something that is very well known. If you look at the dates, why we have certain things around certain times, it's honoring the sun. 
It's honoring the moon. It's honoring time and energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm someone who studies Kabbalah and I've studied Kabbalah for a very long time. Not so, so long as many people, but what you will know is, is that you see Hebrew letters on tarot cards mm-hmm. and you see a lot of these symbols throughout every single government in the world. And then you have to ask yourself, what's happening here? And then you start to realize, look, the earth is a big energy sacred energy field and certain places have zones and zones and chakras. Mm -hmm. For instance, the heart chakra of the world is in Hawaii, but the root center of the world, the like root based energy, the life force is in the Israel area. And that's why people are fighting for that power. Because if you've been there, you feel it when you get there, you vibrate. Like you, if you are spiritual, you will go into that. So people understand energy. They understand pulls and tides and everything in this world is based on energy. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. That's what we're fighting about actually. Yeah. Is energy. It's legit power. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's all of this 5D and all of those other stuff. What is driving it? Mm-hmm. What's ramping this up? What's sourcing it? It's all about power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it, that's what magic is, truly. It's that manifestation power. It's that the power to to work in co-creation with natural forces, with uh, other beings, higher dimensional beings or lower dimensional beings for that matter, uh, to manifest your desires, to manifest mm-hmm. your dreams. That is what magic is. And we're all doing it in somewhere or another. We're manifesting all the time. Every single thing that we have in our life right now, we've manifested. So it's so empowering to know that because from that space, we can know, hey, I don't want this or I don't like what you were saying with the accidents, you know, like I, you know what, I don't want to experience this anymore. Like I don't want to continue this pattern and the story that I keep telling myself because I've learned my lessons from it. I took all the gold from it. It's like, you know, it, it it served me well, but now it's boring. It's time to move to something else. And what do I create? And that's the thing. We really have not been taught how to create. Yeah. We don't know how to create. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's next. How do I create? How do I learn? And we've created a, a, a society and a world where it, it's not safe to change. It's not mm-hmm. safe to create. It's it's almost looked at as different. Like, oh, you're trying something new. You're you're like, no. And I, that's why I say come with everything like a child, like a sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you're, if you're playing like a kid, You're not like beating yourself up when you are learning something new, a new hobby, a new sport, a new anything. You don't go in it with a bad attitude and beating yourself up. You go in it with a sense of possibility and wonder. Yeah. So take that with everything and ask yourself, what do I want to create? Like, and that's where I am. It's like, oh, I, I, my tycoon is relationships. So I would end things. And now I'm like, wait, I don't want to have a fight and to never talk to you again. Like I've done that enough. I want to be able to have a fight and like, let's talk about why we were arguing and let's work through it and let's build and let's make the tapestry of our lives a lot stronger because life is complex and there isn't any finality. And I was cutting myself off from amazing people and amazing um, growth. Yes. It's that shadow work, right? Like it's so potent. Like when we keep on going, with the fight, like my husband and I, 
went through a deep shadow work together. And there was a moment where we where especially on his side, where he honestly said, you know, this gets really vulnerable for me. Like I, there's a part of me, he said, that just wants to leave right now. That just wants to get away from this because it feels so uncomfortable. And I was like, no, let's sit through this. Let's talk about this. You know, and there was definitely like, if I was back in my ego mindset of like, you know, just taking everything because he did say a few things to like push me away, you know, and I could have taken that personally Mm -hmm. and I could have responded with like, oh, you know, just go away, just leave, whatever, you know, but I just knew, oh, that's his processing. He's processing Mm -hmm. through this right now, Mm -hmm. but let's move through it. Let's not stop in hell. Why would we stop in hell? Let's move through it so we can go back to heaven. (laughs) And so many people are just down. We're like driving and stopping and crashing in hell and people just living in hell Yeah. and rebuilding in hell and only allowing, and only allowing relationships to go to hell. And like, yes, we had a moment. However, like, can we talk about it? Can we make this out? Like it's, it's the redemption. It's something that I read really about Sarah Silverman was talking about the progressive side. And I agree, like, it's this cancel culture. Like, what do you mean? I'm 43. There was shit that I did in my twenties where I believe that. And I beat myself up and I made myself so wrong. Like, no, we're entitled to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're going to grow. And if we normalized, normalize the fact that, yeah, you're going to be bad and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to hurt someone's feelings and you're going to do something shitty. Yeah. You're going to do something with low integrity and that's okay. You can redeem yourself. Mm-hmm. Give us, give us a path to redemption mm-hmm. and give us some place, a, a path to create something different. Like, yeah, I was that. And uh, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do something else and let that be okay. Yeah. And even the deepest depths that we've been in, like the deepest shadows, it takes us to the highest Mm -hmm. highs. So like in order to really realize these higher dimensional levels, we got to be in the lower ones as well. Mm -hmm. I agree fully. And this is that point where Hannah, I love that you mentioned that too, because Alex having his free will had the option, had the choice Mm -hmm. to be like, no, I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. And then it would lead to an entirely different timeline. I'm Mm -hmm. sure many, many other portals of timelines would open up. So this is another beautiful thing. And again, where the control can come in, uh, for some couples where it's like the one person is like, no, but we have to talk about it. No, but we, this and that, and not actually allowing that autonomous, like portion and the reciprocity of energy and actually the reciprocation of the openness and the love because they think that they need the one thing. And then the other person, they're not like hardly allowing to actually make their own choice, which is that in itself, a karmic relationship that either they can choose to assess and be like, Oh, here's the mirror. Here's what's happening. Are we going to show up to it? And then maybe one person's like, nope. And the other person's like, okay, cool. You go work it out with somebody else. I hope, I hope you do run into the person who's going to give you the magic to want to step into that arena because you're worth it because you're maybe they don't. Yeah. And, and just like we were saying, maybe they do want to have more of those hell relationships for a while until they're ready for another one. We can only invite them. We can only invite them to step up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. I love Mm -hmm. that. I wanted to talk about something that's been touched on a couple times in this. So this whole idea of 
right discernment and really studying the perceptions of your own mind, studying the the things that you perceive reality to be, coming to understand and like have a macro perspective and witnessing the self and like, oh, these are my beliefs. These are my perceptions. These are the wounds that they come from, like really stemming a lot of like the self-knowledge, the self-study in yoga, you call it Swadhyaya and cultivating this practice. So then when you have that knowledge of self and you're able to realize the the resonance with the practices that are going to help you forward with your own healing, you're able to really be tapped in and know like, oh, this is what my medicine is right now. And then when you're coming from that clear state, you're like able to see with so much clarity everything that's being fed outside of you. You're able to witness the game in action. And one of the things that's been so heavy on my heart, and it's a bummer for me, for my human ego mind to witness, it's a bummer for me to witness all these spiritual companies and um, like this whole trend that's rising in culture that says, I know what you need. I know what you need. You need this crystal. This is what's going to give you the freedom. This is what's going to give you the happiness. But it's like, maybe that person's not going to resonate with crystals their entire life. You're going to taint the taint the truth that could be found in this whole realm of magic by telling them that you know what they need, or are you going to try to empower them on the process that they're the only ones that know exactly what they need? And if they want to roll up their sleeves and figure out, give it the time, energy, and space that is needed to really come into the truth of your own being of what that is for you, you can do it. It just makes me so upset. This, this, this narrative that's being pressed onto people because it confuses them even more. Yeah. But like, it's, 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 it's the same thing, right? It's the song that never ends. Like, remember when like pomegranate was the miracle and everything they made pomegranate juice and it was palm this and palm that then coconut water was it. Like it's always going to be it because at the end of the day, people don't want to do the work. So right now it's crystals. And then in a couple of years, it'll be something else. So I would like let go. The reason why you feel that way is it's your thing. And it sucks when someone is bastardizing and taking your thing. Like it was cool when it was just like matcha tea and it was matcha, 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 everything. Cause it wasn't your thing, but spirituality matters to us. So when you see it being five and dime and nickel and dimed, and taken like any other commodity and being bastardized, it hurts. However, one, you got to say hallelujah. That means that there's something that works within it if the masses want it. And two, that's marketing, that's business. And I understand business. And I also get that the cream of the crop rises to the top. And I also understand that not everyone, a lot of people want to want to change. And um, a lot of people want a savior. So it's speaking to the idea of save me, fix me. It's that's it, it was, saying. Right. But the thing is you can't get mad at that. Like you cannot get mad at how the universe works. I think what I'm saying is that I love conversations like this because we're bringing it to the surface of of the fact that this is a narrative that's broadcasted on a wider screen and now we're talking about how it's still your own process to find what's resonant for you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. That, it's that age of Pisces too. We're moving out of age of Pisces and Pisces was literally the one that sacrifices themselves and is waiting for the savior. Yeah. yeah that, that's part of Pisces energy to really surrender completely and just trust and give yourself your own powers away to this other person and let that other person guide you. This is why we, you know, a lot of religions have been created in the age of Pisces. And I feel like that, what you just talked about, Britt, I feel like that is still the reminiscence of that Pisces age of like, hey, yeah. this is the crystal that's going to save you. It's going to save you. Listen, I'm a Pisces. Like, I am a Pisces. My mom is a Pisces. But Pisces, there's one that swims upstream and there's one that swims down. I'm more of the upswim streamer. However, when I was a younger person, I was way more of the cry, whiny Pisces, right? Like, that is where we are. And that is okay, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people, it's going to be hard for them to realize that, oh, wow, you actually have to open up your toolbox and you have to hammer it yourself. No one's going to come over here anymore and take your sandwich and cut this off and put it in bite-sized pieces and shove it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're growing up. We're growing up time into grow age up. of Aquarius. And it's, it's time to grow up. It's like we're, we're going into our leadership, into our yeah, own leadership, into our creation power, but also into our co-creation power. And we were talking about that before. Like, yes, manifestation mindset for our own life is so important, but also manifestation mindset for our collective. Mm-hmm. And like listening to the broadcasts and, and realizing and becoming aware, am I subscribing to that collective mindset am i subscribing to that collective future that they are telling me that they that their prophecy is about do i subscribe to that just because it's a scientist just because it's some expert in a field we have to understand and ask ourselves do i want to be in that timeline where that is going to happen do i want yeah, that's your choice that? yeah the choice is yours and it's as, as i was saying before Last year, I was writing out cards to people and I was like, welcome to the Roaring Twenties. And everyone was like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, it's the Roaring Twenties. And I don't know if you know it, but it's the Roaring Twenties. And you have to realize that there were two vast realities in the Roaring Twenties. There was a part of the Twenties where people were destitute and in the Great Depression and Recession and food lines. And there was a part of the Twenties where it was gilded and there were speakeasies. and, And you choose your illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm a Guns N' Roses fan. And there was that, I, their album, Choose Your Illusion. I believe in it. This is the time to choose your illusion. What are you going to see? Are you going to decide that when you wake up every morning, that everything sucks, that everything is happening to you, it's going to be the worst day? Or are you going to wake up every morning and be like, hey, I'm about to have a great day today and go out and make it happen. And I think it's up to us. The choice is up to us. What road are you going to go down? And I prefer because it's better on my body. It's better on my system to just be happy, go lucky, and to think that everything's going to work out for me and to believe I'm walking out easy street and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then whatever happens, you can literally move through the exact same day. Two people can move through the exact same day, having opposite mindset, the exact same challenging challenges happening and one person can come out of it thinking that was a cool day that was exciting and the other person thinking that day sucked yeah I'll give you an example two weeks ago I hit someone Mm -hmm. I was pulling out of the the um the uh post office 
Now, this is why it's funny. I had a session with my healer before and I'm working on all the accident stuff. Mm. Typically, I am the person who is the victim. Yeah. I hit someone in that moment. I was so happy. I wasn't like, I'm not even kidding. It wasn't hard. I rolled in and I bumped them and I I could hear like, and I was like, and I was one, I was happy because it was my fault. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, I took, cause I healed, like, it's not your fault. The victim stuff. First and foremost, I was like, oh my God, this is great. It's my fault. Second, I was like, how am I going to show up? Mm -hmm. So I hopped out of that car and I go, you know what guys? I am so sorry. I did it. They were like, what? I'm like, I did it. I take full responsibility. I wasn't paying attention. And at one moment he goes, yeah, my wife was screaming and yelling. And she was like, honk the horn. And I go, oh, well you should. And I go, you know what? No, you shouldn't have. I go, I was not paying attention. I am so sorry. Go, here's my, my, my ID. Here, my, you have my license. Here's my insurance. I'm in the wrong. Mm. The man was like, they were both in shock. First and foremost, that I was one gleeful, but I took full responsibility that one second was I trying to give blame or, Oh my God, this is so terrible. I was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. And I was cheerful about it. Mm-hmm. Now this is the funny thing. The husband, he received it. His wife wanted to call the police. Mm-hmm. She wanted to make it a bigger deal than what it was. She needed the fight. Mm-hmm. And I had taken her desire to fight. So she's on the phone calling the police and then 911 operator is there. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't understand what your problem is and why you want to call the police. I'm like, I did it. I've given you my ID. I've given you my insurance number. No one's heard it's a fender bender. You're actually, they don't need to be here. And the officer on the phone, the 911 operator goes, ma'am, she's right. Hang up the phone. And she hung up the phone. And her husband's like, it's fine. And she was just like, what? And I was just like, yeah, I don't know about this. You should deal with her, but I'm walking out. Now, if I had fallen into the trope of, oh my God, this is an accident, I would have fallen into the old movie of what I used to do. But that time in that moment, I was like, you know what? I ain't doing this anymore. I hit this woman. It's fine. I'll pay my deductible. It's great. I'm going to show you a moment in grace. And I got to tell you, the things that have shown up and changed in my life since that are great. Because one, I had hit and runs or I had people who hit me and they didn't take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And what made me so mad and what made me so angry is that they didn't. Yeah. However, now in that moment where I was at fault in the past, where in the past where it, when I was a kid, I'd have shame or I'd try to say I didn't do it or, or be very meek or, Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. I owned it with confidence. Mm-hmm. I owned it with power mm-hmm. and it's handled. And when my insurance company called, they were like, we heard, I was like, yep, I did it. And they were even surprised. I was like, yeah, what do I got to do? Like, I literally was not paying attention. I rolled out. How do we solve this? Mm-hmm. I feel like we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode, but you, thank you so much for giving that real life example again of when you are taking accountability and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to engage with that kind of energy. You are the most divine reflection that that, it, that could change that woman's life forever. She could go on a deep mental process that's like, oh wow, how how did they, and why did I, wow. And then she could go on a whole thing. You could have totally changed someone's life. And that- well, I know I did. She yeah. was assuming the worst. She's like, well, this has happened before and they ran off and they didn't pay. And I'm like, no lady, like I did it. I'm so sorry that happened to you in the past. I'm not going to do that to you. I owned up. I own responsibility. And it was a healing moment for me. I feel like it was a healing moment for her. Now, if she accepts to heal yeah. is the thing. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there are healing moments that are going on, but sometimes people don't want to heal. They want to mm-hmm. keep ripping off that scab because that wound is serving them. Yeah. Cause it's a control mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we can't heal others. Amen. We can send them healing, but if they want to receive it, that's up to them. That's their free will. Cause I've watched a lot of people continually just rip off scabs mm-hmm. and continue to stay upset. And continue to stay laminating in the past and continuing to bring all of the bad with them. And you get what you focus on. And what do you, like for people like that, uh, what is your advice? First and foremost, individuals like that are vastly beginning to leave my life because you realize that you can't, I can't have that around me and we're not in alignment. So I get on their nerves, they get on my nerves and we just don't like to be around each other because our energy's off. Uh, and what I invite people is, is that, you know, you have the power. Are you going to take five minutes and milk it for a bad day? You're going to take the bad five minutes that you had and let that shit milk and have it for the bad day and feel it with you. Or are you going to realize that it was a bad five minutes and move on? Mm -hmm. And it really is up to you. And I lost a lot of time in my life. I didn't grow and I didn't move on and heal and, and show up differently in a lot of relationships. I missed out. So why do you want to miss out? Like there are certain people in my life and certain individuals who I realized before I thought that, oh, it didn't work. And I realized I missed out Mm -hmm. and I, I don't feel bad about it, but they were good people. And I missed out on something that could be a vast, great relationship. Mm -hmm. Are you done missing out? Ooh, I love this conversation. That's what I told people. Are you done missing out? Yeah. So (laughs) this whole other piece. So, um, my dad passed away almost eight weeks ago, uh, in a couple days, it's been about seven and a half weeks and my mom, super unexpected. He was in a motorcycle accident. Never, definitely never, never saw it coming. My mom passed away last year my best friend in the world. Never could have imagined that my reality would unfold in this way. Could not have imagined the excruciating pain that's coming up. And the ways that some, and I know, okay, I'm going to pull this super, super right now reality. There have been times that I have been in such deep grief processes that I'm just like spiraling down this tunnel of my own shaking inner child that is so wounded and traumatized and trying to integrate that my reality is becoming what it is right now. And this onslaught of loving, well-intended energy of, of healing and of like, I hope that you're able to see positive tomorrow. I hope you feel happy. Like, I hope you're able to find happiness. I understand that it's this like well-intended wish upon me, but also there's a part of me inside that feels like I'm supposed to choose that now and choosing that happiness or that healing or that, oh yeah, it's going to be okay right now is like, it can't be my process because if I chose that, I would be denying this other part of me. And I can't say that for me, and I'm saying this just to offer greater perspective, I don't ever feel like it's this missing out type of narrative. Do I want to miss out? Because choosing this positivity and healing and 
I'm ready to move on with my life. This just is what it is, is one way that I can approach it. But I have to just let myself dive all the fuck way down because yeah, this yeah, yeah. is this is this is hard. I'm saying this because I can let myself get in the narrative of someone else and be like, oh, I need to do that process. So for me, it's just important to say this other process on this platform right now, just because it's my truth. And I'm just now learning for the first time in my life to, to be able to speak my truth with confidence. Thank you for letting me do that. I love that. And let me offer a caveat. So grief and certain things, I mean, appropriate, what you are going through is appropriate. It would be inappropriate in my opinion for you to be like eight weeks and over that or a year over that you lost your parent. You lost half of you, like from a DNA aspect and so much more. So that is appropriate amounts of grief that what you are going through and you are going to be on a roller coaster for more than one year. I lost my dad over 20 years ago. Like the roller coaster, just it, some days it's good. Some days it's not. Sometimes I don't even think about it. So I want you to honor that what you said is 100% right. And people need to realize that grief, sadness, negative emotions, those things are appropriate. They'll, they are allowing you to know that something is off. However, what I mean is, you know, the people who are stuck in that and don't get out and they, their kid's room is the same and 20 years later, they're lost in the memory. That is a difference. Does that make sense? Am I like, when I say that, like, cause I believe that you should honor and mourn and, and grief and have that, you know, reverence of what that relationship was to you. That is important. We should never rush through that. I believe a lot of what we have in this world is people have rushed through the difficult. They have rushed through the pain. They have rushed through the sadness. It's okay to feel those things. It's the, if you were wallowing in it like it was day one in a year, that's when I would be concerned. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I love that perspective that you just brought too. I think in those moments, I feel like that type of grief is feeling into the humanness at the most grounded, rooted aspect, literally losing your two parents, the two people that brought you into this world, and me being this person that I am and doing this work that I do in the world. It's like this divine. And that's why I love talking about how deep the grief process goes, because I also feel like there's this narrative out there that I, I get it. It's serving the people that it needs to land in the ears of. But this macro perspective that we should all just look at this, uh, this reality that we've been given and be like, okay, and it's time to move on now. Like, yes, yes, yeah. it's, yes, it's time to move on now. But also the humanness and feeling into our humanness is also what we need in order to feel that true divine alignment. Yes, the upper chakras are great for feeling into the etheric and the macro and the we are one and the universe and I get it. But also those roots, those lower three chakras, we need to assess those equally to the, the depths that we go down, the higher we rise. So both of them have to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like I am not from that, like, you know, shiny, happy people holding hands all the time. Like, yeah, we have to address what is real. And there are moments where you need the shadow and there are moments where you're going to cry. And I tell people like, assign yourself that time to wallow in it, to cry, to feel it, 
and decide on the date that you're going to be healed. Because again, the difference is the unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real, remembered, and imagined. And I also tell individuals who are going through grief to ask your unconscious mind, how long do I need to heal? How long do I need to grieve? It knows six mm-hmm. months, a year, and be okay with it. What is appropriate for me to heal that I will have that healing unconscious mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that question because it's so important. We have manifestation that looks into the future, right? Manifestation, it's the masculine form of magic, basically. But then we have the feminine form, which is integration. And it's so important to have those times of integration. And if you look into physics, and even if you look into, you know, our solar system, we see the sun is moving through space and it's in a straight kind of when you look at it from a straight perspective and the planets are moving around it. Mm -hmm. So the masculine side of us is that straight consciousness alignment of like, this is what I want. This is my mindset that I put in. This is what I tune in. And then we have the feminine that's spiraling around it. And we cannot be in that space of full alignment if we just ignore what is surrounding us. If we ignore our emotions, if if we ignore our experiences and our memories, and we don't integrate them, it's not our truth anymore to be in that mindset. And that's when it becomes toxic positivity. Yeah. You know, when it's just, I try for, and yeah. And I see that a lot, especially in men, especially in men, because they have been taught from small little boys, you don't cry. You're a man. Yeah. You got to be strong. You got to stay positive, you know, all of that stuff. And, and we can notice that. And a lot of women, we've taken that on too, living in a patriarchy where that is the main thing, like always stay positive, look at the bright side of life. Right. And it is in, yes, that is beautiful. And very helpful. Obviously that's our mindset. What are we tuning into? But then that integration piece, the feminine tuning into our emotions, like really allowing us to settle down and be like, wow, how am I feeling? Yes. Really going on. And how can I integrate what I've experienced? And some, like that accident that happened to the the lady that was like a five minute thing to integrate, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it wasn't like a big thing um, for what, what appropriate uh, time to integrate that. For her, it was a bigger thing because it was a lot of wound. It was a huge wound, yeah. it seems like, that she needed to heal and integrate from. So it took her longer. But, you know, other things that are so intense, like losing parents, losing a loved one, losing a child, you know, like people that crossed over, like a, a really bad breakup in relationships, it needs it needs time to integrate. And it definitely does. And it's and I love that you just mentioned, just ask your conscious mind, how long is that gonna take me to integrate? And be okay with it. And I, I always say tell people the best thing that you can do is begin to have a relationship with your unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Your unconscious mind is your friend. Mm-hmm. It's a dutiful servant and it wants to do anything that you ask it. And generally all we do is talk about, I don't like this. I feel bad. I feel bad. I'm sick. I'm this. You're giving it commands that are not supporting it. So talk to your unconscious mind in a great way. Get to know it. Unconscious mind. What do you like? When do you want to rest? What do you need? Start showing me. And it will. It'll be so happy. 
And like anything, like the laws of magic, when you acknowledge it, it'll start working for you more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. My unconscious mind, oh, I love her so much. She's so great. And she, we talk and I say, bring me this, show me this, keep me healthy, keep me happy, keep me warm. And it does. And that's my gift to everyone is that your unconscious mind is 90% of what you do, but it runs everything. I don't believe in calling it sub because words matter and sub means below. And it's not below your conscious mind. You're just unaware of it. Mm. However, she is the best. Mm. She's beautiful. She talks to your higher self. She's communication. So be kind to her. Ask her, how are you today? What do you need? How can I show you love? Mm -hmm. I love you. You're so great. You're so beautiful. And the more you do that, you'll start to love yourself more. Your confidence will show up. Your energy will shoot up because you're talking to basically your operating system. Yeah. And you're talking to your inner relationship. You are the queen and the king, mm -hmm. the God and goddess within yourself. Yeah. And, and when we heal that inner relationships between our masculine and feminine energies that keep on fighting with each other, as long as we have that within ourselves, that's what we project outwardly. Exactly. So, you know, when we want to feel into, okay, how can I set my mindset, tune into a good mindset in regards to relationships? We also want to feel into that integration of like, what's really going on inside of me and how can I heal that within myself first? That's a big one. And then tune into the mindset of where do I want to go? Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, so powerful. I love our, I love this whole episode. It's so yeah, magic. This is, so good. <laughs> this is insane. I, I want to share something that came through Hannah, whenever you were talking about that solar system reference, that was so dope. I've never thought about it like that, but it seemed like the way that you were describing that visual that the feminine is almost like figuring out what the gravitational pull is and just how many things are in gravity with that central part and the central being. And I just had this little download that was like, that's why the universe is continually expanding because new uh, beings are coming into this planet and each little happening, each little happenstance, each thought, each thing that shifts a gravitational pull And each being that comes onto the planet is what is uh, the new solar systems that are being birthed and how the universe is continually expanding. Ah. Okay, I've had this weird thought. It, it used to get me trapped. I used to be trapped in this realm where I only felt this like universe expanding when I was like seven and eight years old. I didn't understand like where I was getting trapped. But there's this like truth, this that thing that I just described that I never knew how to communicate. And I've never really said it out loud before. So yeah. that's just a, a thing that I've always had since seven and eight years old. I would get stuck there for hours and I didn't know how to come back. Yeah, I love that you just mentioned that because I want to bring in another perspective too because I just recently heard that same thing that the universe is only expanding. And there was like this voice inside of me that it's like the universe is breathing right? It's expanding mm -hmm. and it's contracting and it's like, it's in flow. So, um, and I have memories of times where planets were much closer to each other and we were actually able to go move from one planet to the next one. And we were, it was so much easier because it hasn't been expanded so much. It has expanded a lot. That's the masculine energy, right? The expansion, the individuality, the division. But I feel like we're in the process now where we almost realize, wow, it's 
like I feel inside of myself, I feel that we have been expanding, but I feel that in the future, what's coming is going to be a contraction because it's like, it's a breath, it's a breathing, it's breathing being. Well, it's one, it's something that I was saying to a friend because I I work with a lot of men and I like I use sports analogies a lot. And there's the whole thing with like the baseball and the one baseball player in the end, he gets coronavirus and they're like, oh, well, they were in a bubble. And I was like, but this is where all of you guys are silly. And this is why Americans were silly to think, oh, it's not going to travel. Air is not contained because you think it's a country. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's air. What are you talking about? Like, I'm just floating around. So, like, yeah, it's going to get in your bubble. Whoa, how did it happen? Uh, It's no conspiracy. This is like (laughs) science, baby. It's air. It's breathing. It's living. It's an organism. It's going to make its way. It's strong. And the best thing about life in nature, the most beautiful thing is, have you ever had a, a piece of fruit? Where did that fly come from? Your door was never there. It just was created. Cause it's supposed to happen. Surrender to it. Cause that's the thing. It's wanting to control. I love it. I watch these, all these conspiracy theories and these ideas. It's because you're trying to control something that is out of your control and you, rather than just saying, this is okay. Mm-hmm. And realizing that the net negative of it is that have you ever not been taken care of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the have you ever not like, have you ever not woken up and breathed? Mm-hmm. Has the house has planet, kept moving around. And even when there were people and a comet came and zapped them out, has that virus not come back? It's the song that doesn't end. And when you realize that we are just a small piece of this beautiful grand scheme that's going to keep going over and over again, that there is like, this is it. This is, there's so many more dimensions. We aren't all, that's that ego. We're just a small piece of multiple pies and multiple multi-universes going on. Then when you can look at it like that, that's when I start to laugh and I start to enjoy the ride. And I'm like, all right, cool. So let's enjoy this round, whatever, whatever on planet earth, because who knows what's going to come next and who knows where the other part of me is when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and or who knows what the other part of me is on a timeline is now. Yeah, exactly. And we're asleep so, you know, we're asleep in some dimensions yeah. and in others we're awakened. Yeah. And uh and I think in the conspiracy theorists, I mean that 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 term was coined by the CIA to dismiss uh truth seekers, yeah, mm-hmm. to dismiss people that are looking through the game, right? Mm-hmm. That are seeing the game, that are seeing the magic and say like, "Hey guys, I know." that this is programming. I know this is an illusion and I know that there is magic behind that. Um, But obviously it can be taken to an extreme and every single thing can be thought of that that's some elite that has been thinking about that in in the deepest way and that's created. Because a lot of it is also due to you to take away your personal responsibility. Yeah. And you to say, oh, well, it's them. No, like you actually can have control over it. It's not some guys in the sky. Exactly. It's not something like, no, like to me, it does make sense on multiple levels. I can break it down. However, we as human beings are not kind to each other. And if you've known anything about a virus from an, a metaphysical level, that is comes from an airborne disease, generally from evil speech. Mm-hmm. And what have we been doing now? We've just been talking shit about people left and right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you go back to the, the the old days in the temple and the Bible, when a lot of those disease came from, they were a manifestation of what they call evil speech. Yeah. When you were speaking something bad about someone, it comes out as a manifestation. So I get it. Like evil speech, what could we've created? Mm-hmm. And you can't be cooperative and think about your fellow man in the most basic way. It's you, 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 and what you want and what you need all the time. So of course this is going to breed and grow out of itself yeah. because from a spiritual aspect, you know what, this is what you deserve. And how, and how fascinating too, that right after, I want to say right after the lockdowns, when that happened with George Floyd and the big affirmation that people sent out was, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I thought, wow, to put that affirmation out in a time where we're literally dealing with a virus that is attacking our lungs to breathe. Well, uh, it's, the, it's all playing into the, the trope yeah. of suffocating people. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's very simple to me to see. It's like, it's done. A massive trauma was put for everyone to see. They were at home before. This has happened multiple times before, but people were out and busy and you didn't see it. No, you were trapped in your house mm-hmm. and you got to see snuff video mm-hmm. and everyone got traumatized. And what does it do when you traumatize someone in that way? It allows whatever, whatever side you're on, no one misses a crisis. Like they don't waste a crisis, but it was a snuff video. Then America was put into this trauma. Mm-hmm. And what I just say is, is the world is on one massive abuse cycle mm-hmm. and we've been seeing nothing but massive abuses of power mm-hmm. from how we treat people to how we treat the planet, to how we treat resources. And at some point the chickens come home to roost. So I'm not surprised that we are, we are. Some of it is yes. Oh God. But we've put ourselves in this position and until we actually stop and say, Hey, all of us, what am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I putting out there? We're going to continue to have it. This is not going to stop until everyone checks themselves and says, what does heart and matter to me? Mm-hmm. And what can I do to make my community better? And how can I help the people around me? And what's interesting is, is before this started, I didn't know anybody on my neighborhood. I didn't know anyone on my block. I didn't care about them. I didn't talk to my neighbors. I didn't give a shit. I was in my life in and out. I wave at my neighbors. I know the people in my neighborhood. I know met little girls, little kids, little boys. I've given them money. I've seen them walk, drive around. I say hi. I've walked around my neighborhood and I know all of these people. We all have a connection before. Before we didn't. We would walk on the side of the, we'd walk, do our little afternoon walks and no one was waving and saying hi. So when you think about how can you better your community? How can you clean up your ecosystem? The entire world will change. Yes. Because this is just a reflection of our collective unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the revolution starts within. Amen. And I believe that it's happening. And again, all of this darkness is, I am very relieved by it because I've never, you know, and you, we all do shadow work. You know that when it's the most muckiest, you're actually on your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The transition time before birth, right? Yeah. Yes. It's always darkest before the ring of fire. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. <sighs> Just really want to speak life into the gratitude that I have for this entire conversation. Obviously, we could be here all day, ladies. <laughs> what a kismet. 
Thank you ladies so much for having me. It's so timely. I'm really excited about all that is, you know, coming ahead. I think that you guys know this full moon and everything this time. We're just so fortunate to be who we are and to be able Mm -hmm. to speak, especially as women and to be able Mm -hmm. to do our work and to be able to do it openly and not have to worry about being put on a stake Mm -hmm. or being run out. Like, I think that the difference this time and why this is going to be so powerful is that us women from all over are free to do our magic, are free to do our work, are free mm-hmm. to actually finally get the energy out and heal without us being snuffed out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I am very, very, very excited because us angels, like it's our time. And I just see so many beautiful, strong goddesses, like literally their wings just coming out, just mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, here we go. Wonder Woman's time. Yes, exactly. Wow. Goddess is rising. Mm -hmm. I feel like this, like for me at least, I just had this download last night. Whenever we talk about the veil being thin around Samhain, around around Halloween, usually I've always associated it to like connecting with loved ones who have crossed over, like that type of uh, tapping into another dimension, but also this kind of portal being opened exactly is what the feeling is for me. And it's, it's, the most potent thing that I could be experiencing about the veil being thin around Mm -hmm. this time is the ability to tap into conversations like this, to have powerful realizations that transform your, your world because of a conversation that you dive into with a friend. You know, it's like, I'm just opening up to this new perception of what the whole veil being thin around Samhain around (laughs) this time is. So I want to speak to that. <laughs> yes. And I just recently read that it's actually now, I want to say like around November 7th and um, around the upcoming days after that is when the earth is in a certain alignment to the Pleiades, to the seven sisters. And that's where that originates, that the veil is thin because that uh, channeling of higher dimensions, if that's loved ones who have crossed over, if that's higher consciousness, if that's your um, collective consciousness, the downloads that you're receiving, all of that is easier now because we are in direct uh, alignment with those Pleiades sisters. Mm -hmm. So that's where that originated from. And back in the day, that actually happened in the end of October. That's why Samhain was celebrated on that day. But now it's a little bit later, but it's still, you know, it's, it's still this whole realm is still, you know, it's not like this is the day, you know, it's like a whole thing. Um, but that's where it actually originates from. So I really loved learning about that because like, oh, it makes so much sense. Obviously, all these ancient cultures and civilizations, they all knew about the stars. Mm-hmm. They knew about the alignment. They knew about the information that we're literally receiving when we see that light from the star shining towards us because light is information, holds yeah. knowledge. And, uh, you know, that's where that whole veil thinning comes from. It's not just some woo-woo stuff that is happening. It's like, it's a literally scientific thing. (laughs) The most grounded stuff we could be tapping into. (laughs) Yes. And that's the beauty. I feel like magic is literally the science and spirituality combined together. And that's what creates that magic. (sighs) Yay! 
good. I love you, Courtney. I love our conversation. I love you, lady. Thank you so much. Let's reach out and meet in the next couple of weeks and do something. I am so honored to um, share this space with you ladies. Like this was everything to be able to one, like talk amongst, you know, friends and use the same language. It's so nice and freeing. And I love what you're doing and what you're putting out in the world. And you're giving so many women just their voice and their wings. And it's just beautiful to see. Mm, so much. And to Detail. everyone that is still here listening to these words right now, here, here we are almost two hours <laughs> into a really intense, deep ass dive. We, you're our people. You're our people. We are sitting in this circle together right now. We are communing as one. Thank you so much much yeah sitting here in this circle of sisterhood so we usually much we usually have our sacred questions that we ask every single guest so I want to just put them in there too um and these are really quick so whatever comes up for you really quick do you want to start Brett sure what is being a or what does a sacred sister mean to you no that's the first question Huh? Well, whatever. That's the first one I'm asking. <laughs> it's the um, one that wants to come. Well, it's like, who is a sacred sister? And what does it mean to have a sacred sister? Um, well, I think a sacred sister is someone who you can fully be yourself with. That you can come in and you can be just present. Good, bad, right or wrong. And that they love you and they support you and they champion you. It's someone who honestly nurtures you and has your back, who's not going to like fluff you up. Um, who is, you know, it's your, it's your sister. Like this person's just going to love on you and just pump you up. And that's how I am with my friends. Like I'm there to nurture you and to support you and to hold your hand and to hug you. But then I'll also be like, what are you doing, girl? You need to get this right. And I believe that that is like what a sister is. And um, it's living in love mm-hmm. and integrity and, and honesty. And it's facing those hard moments and just always being open. Like always for me, my one thing is I want people to know that good, bad, right, or wrong. If you're really working on yourself and you have the right intention, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to hold you up. Beautiful. And who is a sacred sister? Who is your to sacred me? sister? Yes. Oh, I have a lot of sacred sisters, actually. I have, like, a girlfriend named Katie. I have a girlfriend named Dion. I have, like, multiple. I would even consider you new sacred sisters. Yeah. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have a incredible group of dynamic, strong women who are working on themselves. And they challenge me to, you know be softer and more vulnerable and kind because that's my work. And they allow me to cry and to like, just be like, I can't figure it out. So that is like the sacred sisters that I have. Mm. Yeah. So powerful. So what does sacred mean to you? Special. Um, Honor. It's uh, very valuable. It means just close to my heart. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. And what is it that you do that is usually considered normal and mundane and you turn it into something magical and sacred? I think like my 
basically like my every day, like my journaling practice, my morning routine. Uh, I firmly believe that I am magic and that everything that I do, if I have it with a good intention, I'm going to create something. So for instance, journaling to me is how I future cast. And when I get up in the morning, I write my journal as though it's the end of the day. And that is something that I believe is the most magical thing that I possibly do because I am saying in the beginning of the day that everything, everything that happens to me is going to be filled with ease, with joy and with glory. Mm -hmm. And that no matter whether it's, I show up and I hit myself on the head, I'm going to be better for it. Mm -hmm. Love that. (sighs) Thank you so much, Courtney. Well, thank you ladies so much. I really appreciate everything. I have to get running, but I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Have a good rest of your day. I will. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.